Thanks for listening to Select Conversations presented by Ally. Shout out to Ally for empowering the next generation of creators, entrepreneurs, and leaders with financial education and remaining relentlessly focused on doing it right. We're all better off with an Ally. Visit Ally.com for more. What is up, world? You are tuned into Select Conversations presented by United Masters, sponsored by Ally, hosted by me, Rachie Jackson. And to the left of me, I have a fashion killer, a billboard chart thriller, just a king of New York. Oh, man, I appreciate it. Hey, that was a a dope little intro right there. I mean, it is what it is. I appreciate that. I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy to be here. Your energy it's super dope. Look at that. Oh, <laughs> you catch me. <laughs> Thanks so much. So you're from Harlan. Yes. Your culture is deeply rooted in Trinidad. And that tells me one thing for a fact. That you can tell me where I need to eat in Harlem. Because as a new New Yorker, I really don't know much. So let me know where I need to go eat first and foremost. In well, Harlem. first and foremost, you got to go to my grandfather's house. Okay. Because cool. he's the Trinidadian god when it comes to the food. The curry goat, yeah. the bussum shot, the oh, all I of that. He makes his that. pepper sauce from scratch. Set it up. Put us you know in what I'm saying? Set but then up. other than that, if I'm going to hang out, and I don't need everybody in my mom's house, in my grandpa's house, mm-hmm. we go to Miss Melba's. Okay. Melba's like my aunt. Shout out to Melba. We go eat there. We get some good home-cooked food. Okay. You have a happy lemonade. Okay. You'll be happy for the rest of the day. Oh, I love that. I yeah. love that. I love that. So those are your favorites. Like everybody That's my favorites. Your but then it's favorite. also like, you know, um, it's a few juice bars and stuff like that. I go to like on 117th. I go to my man, uh, my man spot and, you know, I get some smoothies and wraps and things like that. Yeah. I like to eat yeah. light too. Like I yeah. love my good share of like heavy food or like Caribbean food, but I like yeah. to eat light too. Shout out to Ross. Moved here, I'm from Atlanta. Okay. And when I first moved, it was like height of pandemic. It was everything was closed. I really didn't get my life on the food in Brooklyn where I live and stuff like that. And I'm sure the pandemic for you being a king of Harlem and king of New York as you are, I know that was kind of hard and different for you. So what was the pandemic like like when it first hit? Yo, the pandemic was crazy because um, it's just like you just don't know what the next day is going to hold. Like everybody's scared. Nobody knew like. You know, if this germ was just going to, like, zap people, like, soon as you get it. Or yeah. um, if you had to wear gloves and then come into the house and no take money. all your clothes off and then right. come back and then you forgot, oh, I didn't wear my gloves, so I got to wash my hands. Oh, I forgot I dropped it on the floor. I got to go back. Like, you know, it got to the point where it's just like I let go and I let God. Mm. And I was just like, man, I'm going to do the best I can to wear my mask, protect myself. And um, what I did was did a lot of self-reflecting where... I dove deeper into myself because, you know, us as artists, we constantly on a move. Mm-hmm. On tour, I was flying more, more than I was in cars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm flying all week. Like, I'm jet lagged. I'm making, I'm going to Paris. I'm going there for two days, going to Australia, coming back, mm-hmm. London, then do a whole Asian run. This is all the stuff I was doing before, you know, the pandemic hit. Oh, I think literally God had me sit down so I can reiterate and rethink and just edit what I needed to do for my life and my lifestyle, which was the best thing that could possibly happen because then I picked back up drawing again, like meditating again. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
you know, uh, designing, um, like my belt line. I was like, yo, this is a mission that I've been on forever. Like I was making belts mm-hmm. before I was doing music. Mm-hmm. I had like Swiss Beats buying my belts. I had Chris Brown buying my belts. I would link up with all the stylists and like get some of the budget money and, and provide belts. But um, I always said like, yo, I wanted to continue that and take it to the next level. But I just kept using making music as an excuse not to show that different dimension right. of my brand. So I was like, man, life is not promised tomorrow. So I got to move with a little bit more urgency. And that's how I, I move moving forward. Oh, that's cool. And then moving forward, how would you say that that has changed you as an artist and a, like a multi-hyphenated genius, like I was yeah. telling you before? Um, It just makes me more like, it's just, I go hard every day like it's my last. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I did three shows last night. Like literally, if you go to my Instagram, you'll see like I had the Fordham University. Then I came and I had did a V-Files party. And then I had did a Burton uh, snowboarding event mm-hmm. party. All like I never did nothing like that before. And I had the energy for all of it. Right. And then you could see the people was giving me the energy back like they missed it. Mm -hmm. I was like, damn, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it felt good to be outside, though. Yeah. And I'm sure that everybody was hella happy to see you, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I was happy to see them because it was a long time. I mean, a year and a half in the house. No shows. Me and Meek and and my boy PJ Kell, we was doing Zoom calls trying to figure out what we was going to do as rappers to make yeah. money. <laughs> this is before we was having shows or getting away with shows. I mean, mm-hmm. Atlanta was a little bit different, though. Like, Atlanta, I feel like, Atlanta only shut down for arguably three months. And yeah. then after that, like, the promoters were still getting that money. People were yeah. still doing walkthroughs and shows. Yeah. It was a place that people were kind of one-off yeah. on the low to kind of come because there was a dissonance between health and the good of the people and really what money people wanted to get very different for new york <laughs> oh yeah very yeah, different shut it down yeah i had went to miami when it first shut down and um i had went to go work with salon remy he's mm-hmm. like masked up gloves oh yeah like we like got the separation i'm outside <laughs> writing my music but i'm cool like it's miami palm trees mm-hmm. and all of that but nobody was allowed to go on the beach so it didn't yeah, feel like miami mm-hmm. so i'm like i was early in it then uh mustard had called me he FaceTimed me. He's got mad slim. I was like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, he was like, nah, I just been working out. Da, 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 da. Um, you know Kevin Hart, trainer, boss? I'm like, oh, yeah, homie. Da, 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 da. He was like, oh, yeah, he be training me. I'm like, all right, I'm coming to L.A. So I went to L.A., wound up staying there for seven months. Mm. So I got a house you in L.A. A big vibe. I caught a big vibe. I, I had a birthday party out there, me and Jalen oh, Brown. Man. It was crazy. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. So, we, you know, with L.A., it was more space. Mm-hmm. It was like I was able to have, like, you know, everything is a little bit far apart in L.A. You got the swimming pool. You got the vibes. Yeah. You got the, you know you what I'm saying? You got the hills. So, you got yeah. so much scenery. Exactly. So it was just, like, very chill. You know, L.A. is slower than New York. Everybody got the urgency in New York. Everything is kind of close together. Everybody's taking their time. Everybody's exactly. high, mostly, but yeah. they're taking their time. That's one thing about L.A. I get a lot of work done in L.A. because mm. of how I am. Like, my urgency and, like, from New York, Oh yeah. I go out there and I'm in, like, everybody's studio session. Like, I tell you, like, I was in a studio with Marilyn Manson on one end. Mm. Marilyn Manson and Duke Deuce. I just finished doing two songs with Duke Deuce. Yes, I love Duke. That's then Marilyn Manson walks in the room and Duke Deuce and Marilyn Manson is in a room. That's crazy. What? 
So, cause I, I had a, I had a uh, session with Marilyn Manson. Okay. And then did a song with Marilyn Manson. I went across just to say what's up to Hit Boy. Yeah. Wound up doing a Nas feature. So I got like five songs done that night. That's wild. And all of them joints, Nas won a Grammy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Duke Deuce is on a rise. Marilyn Manson, yes. I killed it with that. So, you know, I get a lot of work done in LA. No, I love to hear that. I love to hear that. And then just being an innate artist, an innate editing, editing. <laughs> Being an innate artist, like you put the capital A-R-T in artist. Like to me, you're an artiste. And artiste. I know that the pandemic- Like Matisse and Picasso and <laughs> Basquiatta. Yes. And the pandemic brought out like your other hobbies. Like you just said that you went back to drawing and you went back to meditating. And yeah. I'm sure the importance of having multiple streams of income driven by your creativity were very, very important. So outside of de- designing, like what other things were you working on? And that's what I was going to get at. Like when me and Meek was having that conversation, I was just thinking, man, I could become a full designer and like just take over on some like... You really could though. Yeah, I was like, I'll design some astronaut suits or something like that. Go study textiles with NASA and SpaceX or something and like do something totally different. That's so outside the yeah, box though. Because like, for me, it's not outside the box because it's always been a dream of mine. Mm. And I've always been working with different textiles because I went to art and design high school where I majored in fashion and fine art. So mm-hmm. this is right in my neck of the woods. Like, right. You know, I'll, I'll go to Mood or MJ Trimming and look at a bunch of textiles and pick out like different. A lot of my outfits that I wear on stage, I design. Mm-hmm. Like I designed this logo, this hoodie. Like so um, beyond just like that, cutting so... I, I, you know, that's what I do. That's what my dad did. Mm. You know, he had Fergus Apparel in the store in Harlem and did the Bad Boy logo and did graphic arts and stuff like that. So, oh, it's definitely in you. Oh yeah, way yeah. more than on you at this point. And you yeah. be putting that shit on. It's in my by DNA. Come on, it's, I throws it's that shit in on. Your... Harlem, New York, Mecca. You heard? Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. So, we're both thirty. Can you answer why we felt like? Being 30 and 30 and up was just old when we were 20s. That like, was when we were crazy. 90s, why did we feel like 30 was so damn old? I just was having this conversation with somebody yesterday. Like, when I was, like, probably, what, 19, I was looking at 30, like, oh, you old. Yeah, like, you old And now man. that we get now we get to the 30s, you're like, oh, hell no. Now, we, we running away from that old, like, nah, you tripping. <laughs> exactly. Yo, exactly. it's wild. I mean, when I first turned 30, I had so much weight on me. Because I expected so much of myself. Like, I had so much um, expectations as, like, where I wanted to be. Some of my peers, Instagram, and all of that shit just turned into anxiety and yeah. pressures that, you know, otherwise, if you wasn't on the internet all day, you wouldn't have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I had to, like, draw myself away from that and really dive into myself and understand that I'm only competing against myself. Right. I mean, like my journey and my walk is different from somebody else. Yeah. And just because you got what you got, I don't know what you did to get there. And I don't know what you went through to get that. So right. like, like I said, the way I get there, I'll get there. And it's no rush. Like what I'm learning that, you know, like I said, I said, go back to meditation. Mm. Being present is the present. Oh, yeah. That's the gift. Like we think that is like reaching this certain level of something and like it's endless like you're gonna keep you're gonna drive yourself crazy oh, one for sure. once because you're never gonna be satisfied ever so you have to be satisfied being in the moment like 
And I learned that like through working out, I got a trainer, like I go work out every day. Mm-hmm. And like we he be busting my ass, pause with the working out. <laughs> and then I'm like, yo, I feel good after that. Like yeah. I feel like a natural high. Yeah. And yeah, like you you wanna see like your six pack coming, you wanna see this, you wanna see that, and that's gonna come. But what it does is it tells you how to live in a moment and respect time. Everything takes time. Like Jay Brown told me, like, you know, for certain artists, I don't want to disclose it, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, certain deals take seven years. We've been in this discussion for seven years for a deal. Yeah. Which is insane, but it's worth it all after it's that. Very yeah. respectable, very respectable. And when I think about my 20s and I look back and reflect and meditate on it, I always ask myself, okay, what would I tell like 20-year-old Rachel? Like I would tell her to calm down. I would tell yeah. her to sit down. And when I put myself in her shoes and try to grab the moment and be happy and be excited about what I have going on and what success is in my life. I'm just like, dang, like I'm here. Do you know, you know what being you... present, being present is, is the gift. Like you said, yeah, being and present is the present. I think that in your twenties, just in general, you do a lot of showing and proving. It's like, yeah, my God, I got my chest out. This is me. This is who I am. Believe me, believe me, believe me. But once you cross that that 30 year old threshold, it's I said what I said and that's it. Yeah. And you're more comfortable with it. And I feel like if anything, that's the promised land. And yeah. we ain't even know it. That's me. peace. Yeah. You gotta be at peace with yourself. Yeah, that's the biggest That's thing. what I think like when people like go go around treating people bad. Oh, hate and it. You could be like rich, going like crazy bread and mm-hmm. treat people like garbage. That just shows that you're not cool with yourself or like you just never been cool, period. Like I always been cool, like yeah. always, and I hate the word cool because whatever. But mm-hmm. I always been me. Yeah. So like even in junior high school, I had if you look at my yearbook, it was most likely to be a millionaire, best dancer, best dresser, all of this shit. You knew you, you were stood just saying, on it. You stood on it. I early. always been that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I'm the same guy. Like I literally like this. I walk through my hood. I walk through anybody's hood. Whatever, I don't be like hanging around nobody hood, but if I go, you know, say what's up to somebody yeah. I see, you know, it's love and respect. A lot of artists can't do that because they can't face people or things from the past because they're not themselves right now. Exactly. They got the money and they start acting like somebody else. I got the money and I just act more like myself and I try not to lose that. Exactly. And I think that a lot of artists, especially developing artists, they don't understand that influence is rooted in who in knowing who you are. Right. And if you're not confirmed in that, whether you got a million in the bank or not, if you're not walking like it, talking like it, acting like it, having conversation and treating people like it, then it's not it's not you. Yeah. And another thing that I really admire about you is that you know how to take influence because you know who you are and turn that into opportunity. Yeah. So if there was any type of advice or any directives that you could give to, you know, teenagers or, you know, the almost 20-somethings or the 20-somethings yeah. that are trying to figure it out, and they have confidence, what would you what would you say to them? Um, I would just say, like, you know, for me, that that came from a strong base. Like my mom, very strong parent, um, single mom, household, held it down for years, Same, put me through school, this and the third. Moms, they put it in you. But my but my dad also was in my life. Mm-hmm. You know Same. what I'm saying? Like he'll come in and handle the way you gotta handle, pay for a Catholic school, I had okay. the uniform, all of that, pay less shoes. For about a whole year, but during the gym classes, I'll get my sneakers off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we were working it out. And um, you know, I would just say that uh 
just for you striving as an artist, you know, stay intact with your nuance. Everybody is a different flower. Mm. You know, when you think about like opening up an orange, like that's a unique orange. That's like a specific one of one orange. Mm -hmm. When you think about like uh, a snowflake, each snowflake has its own DNA and design in it. Like, so it's like, Come each, on. Each, each, each thing. the biology of it. You know, right? but we all have that. Yeah, you know, us as, you know, humans in the universe, we all are different. Some of us embrace our difference more than others. I think that, like, the world will be more colorful, flavorful if everybody embraced exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to do what thinks they think work. You know what I'm saying? Like, I call that microwave. Yeah. Like, I'm not in this this music business and I ain't make it to where I am by being a microwave artist. I'm not um, getting on anybody about, like, how they make their money or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, it's an industry and people want to make cakes for songs. You know, we got to sell these Debbies. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We got to get these off. But that's not what I'm here to do. Right. I'm here to be disruptive. I'm here to fuck shit up. Like I'm here to, you know what I'm saying? Change the sound of music and create a genre, if you may. Like, all just create a a culture. You know what I'm saying? You're definitely doing that. Definitely doing that. Appreciate it. So, take me back to your first brand deal that you know was not outside of the box for you, but to the public eye when they just see, okay, I see Ferg the rapper. I see Ferg the, you know, co-producer. What was that like? What brand was it? What type of deal was it? How did you feel? Just put me there. Memory lane. I said the first brand deal I did was Bape. Mm. Um, it was always a dream of mine to uh, work and collaborate with Bape. Um, so we did a partnership together where uh, I actually got one of my best friends, Jay West, to design um, me as like the hood pope on the front of the shirt with like the, the baby Milo. Love that. Yep, exactly. Because they usually do the Bape like um icons like the characters yeah like the baby milo character yeah exactly uh-huh. but i'm like let me switch it up for mine i gotta be disruptive so i got my boy to do it he actually did my album cover too because i told him like when i get on i'm gonna have you do my album cover lift and my you album climb. Cover. Exactly. and i couldn't afford bape at the time so i was just like man they're gonna give me a bunch of clothes yeah so they gave me like a bunch of stuff like and it was super cool because i did the listening party at the bape store the flagship store in new york city Rihanna came through. I had the whole mob there. Like, everything was dope. That's was sick. hard. That's hard. So that was the first one. But the out the box that really was out the box. Did it kind of shock you? It shocked me. Okay, perfect. That one. I did a Revlon deal. It was a Revlon Elaborate. deal. Elaborate. And I didn't have to wear no makeup. None of that. And I don't even understand how this happened, really. I guess I'm that pretty. But, um. I guess so. Exactly. Um. So I, I got hired to do like a, a performance and a commercial. Mm-hmm. I did a performance at the Apollo and it was a bunch of beautiful women in the house that night. Okay. So okay. I was like, hey, listen, I'm about the, I put the silk shirt on. I put the slacks on. I, what I color my, was it? I did the brown, the mocha, okay. the mocha latte. So did you do a monochromatic a brown look? Not a monochromatic, but I did a light little cream mm-hmm. on the leg. Okay. And then on the body, I did a brown mocha choka. Latayaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. It was a uh-huh. step. That sounded yeah, like a, a step. Big step. Good. Yeah. So did that. Girls went crazy, dumb, mm-hmm. stupid, out of this world, out of the building. Got it. And then we did a uh, commercial. So shout out to Ruba, which is actually my OG. She's the creative director for Tiffany's now. So she set that up. And I saw that performance that you did at Tiffany's. And my yeah. favorite part about it was the little short story that you gave about walking by it. 
Wow. Every day on your way you tapped to in. school. I am. Wow. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. Because, you know, I grew up in Atlanta. Lennox Mall was somewhere we used to hang out. And I used to yeah. do the same thing. I love thing. Lennox Mall. That's why that stuck out. Because I'll walk by that big vault and I'll be like, dang, one day I'll be able to afford that. Yeah. And when you said that, I was like, wow. And you prompted the whole entire audience to make some noise if at one point in their life that they couldn't afford something in Tiffany. Right. But and I love real moments like that. I'm going to tell you what's crazy and what's freaky about that situation mm-hmm. is that, um, <clears throat> like I said, I was doing belts right. back in the days before I was rapping. Mm-hmm. And I did an art show with my friend. So I did like this installation with all of these belts. Mm-hmm. And then this collector came and he brought some of my belts. So he wound up like, we wound up building a bond. He gave me, he gifted me two Tiffany belt buckles, two nickel belt buckles. For Wanted, you to repurpose and build a belt from. Well, yeah, just to mess with. He knew I was into yeah. belts, so he gave me the belt buckles. Okay. So one of them was a Coca-Cola one with a nun. That like when you pull a card out, it's like the breast out. That's if wild. any of y'all know what that means or whatever, uh, I have the belt buckle. That joint might be worth like a million dollars. I was I don't about know. to say, do you exactly. still have it? Like it's a Coca-Cola card. Like, mm-hmm gold and you pull a card out and it's a nun holding her breast that's it's like that was super her. crazy <laughs> and, and, yeah and then there was a nickel belt buckle that uh tiffany did with ford so um i wound up going on twitter saying prepare my belts for this show um and my collab with tiffany's it was like Devoni x tiffany's that's how i worded it yeah and then when i finally became the face of tiffany's of New York City, the first rapper, the first black person. Um, my mother sent me that text in the morning. And I forgot completely that I had them belt buckles and did they were all at her that crib? stuff. Like she was holding No, them she had the no, she no, she had she got the the tweet. Not the tweet, the MySpace. Sorry. Oh, got it, got this it, got it. Before got Twitter. It, got it, got it. Okay. She got the MySpace line, the quote that I said, you know, Devoni X Tiffany mm-hmm. preparing these belts for this art show. And she sent it to me. And I read that shit. And I was like, it's a cute she was like, look, full, full circle, circle moment. moment. She said, you manifested it. You did. And I was like, wow, now I'm performing on top of the clock in the flagship Tiffany store. And what was wild about that, um, that speech I did, it was mm-hmm. a small speech. It was because I used to go to school at Art and Design 57 for 2nd Avenue. And I used to have to walk past Tiffany's every day. That was like by Fifth Avenue. Yeah. And um, to get to the train station. So I'll look in the window, but I would not ever dare walk in the store. Like, why would I walk in the store? Right. When we I belong thinking, everywhere. But you know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, exactly. You live and you learn. But what I spoke about was breaking those conditions and those chains. That's in our mindset. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't have that mindset. You got to know that you belong everywhere. And if you know that you belong everywhere, you're not going to have that inferior feeling of someone looking at you weird or this, that, and the third. I feel like I belong everywhere. So people exactly. embrace me with that energy. But if you got that in your mind, like I don't belong everywhere, you're going to be very timid about how you step. And I was stepping. Like that I was up there on top of that clock. And I'm like, yo, I'm like for all my my brown boys, mm-hmm. all the black guys coming out of Harlem, New York, wherever, wherever you from, this is possible. And that's what I did it for. You did. And you yeah. did it exquisitely, by the way. So Appreciate be proud of that moment because I was proud of you. Didn't even know you at the time. I was proud of you because I'm like, I relate. And yeah. my mom, speaking of 
know, that negative or that false feeling of inferiority for no reason. She used to ingrain in me that no one can make you feel inferior unless you let them. That's a choice. And once I really decided to lean into that and and put that on, Mm -hmm. the same way I put on whatever I was going out with on the day, it was like, okay, I can't be stopped. I belong here and this is what I'm supposed to do. And speaking on manifestation, I have a similar story. I used to hate, I'm from Atlanta, know that. I used to, I won't say hate because that's a very strong word that I'm trying to read from my vocabulary, but I disliked traveling to New York. I always felt that it was uncomfortable. It was cold. You know, a Southern girl, it was just a big difference. And I happened to find myself in Chelsea just walking one day. And I said, wow, if I could spend more time here, I think I would would enjoy New York more. Next thing I know, Rock Nation office moved to Chelsea and I'm director of A&R at That's the time. That's what I'm talking about right So, and I never knew like a young black girl from Decatur, Georgia, you know, 15 minutes outside of Atlanta would, would even do that. So wow. just indirectly, I totally feel you. Like those full circle right. moments really define who we are and who we grow to be. And you've grown into such a business, man. And I know that you know this Rock Nation deal that you that you done that you did that took so long, but now it's here. I know it feels much sweeter to what, you because what, you was, know your worth. Was you there when they was first trying to sign me? I would hear a couple of things, but you know I'm okay. still you know under contractual, yeah. so I won't uh-huh. give too much. But yeah, I definitely <laughs> you know were I was I was privy to a couple of conversations. I'm like, okay. man, come on, get Fergie in here. Like, yeah. oh, man, like I, I think he's cool. Come on. Yeah. But it was it was a really cool time, and during that time, I. Indirectly, you know, was under Jay Brown's tutelage. And he's just a really, really, really cool guy. And I learned a lot about publishing from him, a lot about Mm -hmm. business building. And now that you get to work with him more closely, what is that like for you? Yeah, so with Jay Brown, like, basically, he'll come by, like, you know, uh, give me some knowledge on real estate. You you need to do this, you need to do that. Don't buy all the jewelry, don't do this, don't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, giving me, like, some proper, like, tutelage, like you said, and... um, Mm -hmm. You know, I took to him with that. So whenever I needed him to talk to my lawyer about something, he willingly yeah. would do a three-way, knowing that he's like running a whole empire of like sport athletes and mm-hmm. musicians and yeah. all of this stuff. He took his time out to, you know, work with me. Um, it really showed how much love and passion he had towards my project and who I am. So, you know, I thought it was the right thing to do. No, I believe yeah. so. It looks good on you, and I wish you nothing but success uh, appreciate on, that, it so on much. that journey. I think that you're in a really good place to grow and to continue to grow the businesses that you've developed. So let's talk about Devoni for a second. Okay. When you decided to invest your first dollar in it, where were you in life? What was going on in your Ooh. career? Just put me there. You know, I love a good story. Yeah. If you remember what you were wearing, let me know that. Take me there. Well, um... I was on designer mode. Like, you know, when the designers come outside the show, like, for like the last look mm-hmm. and they come in all black and it's like, I, hey, I'm very like yeah. easy on it. I'm going back <laughs> out. That was who I am. Like, I didn't want, the cameras wasn't on me. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I was creating it for the world. So I wasn't worried about getting fly, none of that. Like mm-hmm. I was, you know, still fly, I could get fly, but I'm my worried. mind was on creation. Um, so, like, I had, like, the same, like, I have a uniform, all black. I had, like, this old navy leather jacket that I caught for, like, $150, but it was fire. Yeah. It was an aviator jacket, and I just wore that joint, and I will be, like, in the fashion district just trying to figure out, like, where I could get my stuff manufactured. And um, I remember 5,001 Flavors did my first sample belt. 
And um, I thought they was going to charge me an arm and a leg because Guy, he did all the Biggie stuff, yeah. all the Diddy stuff, all the Big Pun stuff. Like, he's the one who did, like, all those custom outfits. Super legend. High so, here in the custom game. Yeah. So, like, I went to him, but he wound up, like, just really being close to my family. And, like, I don't expect to get nothing, like, for free just because you knew who my, my family is. Yeah. So, he was just like, nah, this is you. He blessed me with the belt. The belt was fire. The first belt was called the Stormtrooper. And it was, like, white. It had black piping, red inside. Um, it was, like, a white patent leather weave in it. And I had made this this belt buckle to go with it. And um, the leather wasn't the right leather. It was... It was, uh, um, yeah, it was very, it was a very soft leather and I needed like more of a vegetable tan, like sturdy leather. Yeah. How did you navigate being disappointed in that moment about um, that? Like, what did you do? How did you act? It was a journey because every step I was super excited. Like, I'm like, yo, I get the vision off. Like, yeah. this is exactly what I drew. It's just that it don't feel like what I needed to feel like, like right. weight wise right. and like, like durable. You know what I'm saying? So I, um. I graduated. Like, I got to where, like, I thought I needed to be. It's like when you first make your first million, it's like you get to that million and you're like, damn, like, I got all of this stuff and I'm providing for my family. I need to make more money. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I got. Like, I got, I had to keep going. So with that knowledge, well, first I went to my grandmother and that belt came out. Love my grandmother to death. And she know how to sew because she do all my uncle jeans. But with that leather, she was not doing it. <laughs> that that <Jerry laughs> she was, didn't give it. <laughs> you know, it was too flimsy. So okay. then, boom, I went to Guy. He got it done. It was more proper. I was able to at least wear it and, and flex it a little bit. Right. But then I was like, nah, I need to really make this so I can be able to sell it and put it on people. So I start like, I start willing that. I start getting obsessed with the idea of creating this belt, perfect belt. So then I start like just hanging out like in the fashion district and like I'll see like the man on like I call him the man, the belt man. The belt man. Yeah, he was like with a Shout table. Out to the belt man. Shout out to the belt you man. You know who you are. Who yeah, whoever you whoever you <laughs> was, like with all of this like hard leather and like he was just cutting that stuff from scratch and making people belts out of scratch right then and there. Like, shout out to you for giving me the plug on like where to go. He told me to go to these Jewish people. It's like an old couple. They was like 90 each. And he's like, yo, they throw out leather every Thursday at 8 o'clock when they close because the rats be biting holes in it. That is wild. Yeah. That's another thing about New York. Y'all know y'all got some rats. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so then, boom, I wound up going. He told me about that. And then he told me about another place called Kaufman, mm -hmm. which is a leather shoe shop. And I went to Kaufman um, in Lafayette. And I was able to buy leather scraps for $2. Mm. Meanwhile, like, when you buy a whole skin, the skin can range from, like, 200 to, like, $1,000. Right. I could not afford that. I was in a $2 range. Like, hey, I, thank you. Lord. I had $60 in my pocket sneaking at industry parties. You know what I'm saying? With a good fit on. That's hard. <laughs> That's hard. But, um, yeah, I went to get me a couple scraps. And then, um, like I said, I only had, like, a few dollars. And I made my first couple belts with uh, these Indian guys I met, Mike and Oosh, mm -hmm. who I met from when I was just shopping around in Global Leathers. No, it was Impact Leathers. And I just asked people what they do. And it was this dude, I remember this white dude, he told me like, yeah, I work for Donna Karen, da, 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 I'm going to get some belts made. Word? What type of belts? 
He was like some leathers. I'm like, word. I'm like, where? He said, right next door. I'm like, word. Wow. He said, seventh floor. I'm like, there. Gave you the drop. Then you went up, up there, <laughs> found a plug, and it's lit <laughs> ever since then. I love that. I and love then, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so after, like, I discovered that, like, where to get the belts made, the next thing is to convince these dudes to actually um, believe in what I'm doing mm -hmm. because they making Ralph Lauren belts, Donna Cameron belts, right. all of these people belts. They making, like, the they the top. in belts. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, yo, I came in there basically with a dollar in a dream. It was more like $60 in a dream. And I was able to get, like, I think they, they allowed me to get I don't I think it was like two samples made or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I sold those. And I just, I told you, I promise I'll, I'll come back and re-up. And I just kept doing that, kept doing that, kept doing that. And now it's a full circle moment because I'm this big rap superstar. And I kept it 100. And I came back to them after years to uh, produce the relaunch of my, my belts, Devoni. So mm. it's a super amazing no, that Sorry. is, that is. That We're going to do the launch in London at A Machine. Okay. Yeah, and um, do a huge dinner. And, like, come on, a launch in London is, I, I didn't even dream about that part. No, that's top tier. Right. That's going to that's gonna go out very come well. On, I love London. That's one of my favorite cities in the entire world. Well, I could tell. Look at this, you know, this bourgeois. You Londoner. Yes, bourgeois yeah. the, the feng shui. Chic feng shui. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Select Conversations presented by Ally. We'll get right back to the conversation in just a second. But first, we wanted to take a pause for the cause and thank our friends at Ally for empowering the next generation of creators, entrepreneurs, and leaders with financial education. They're relentlessly focused on doing it right. We're all better off with an Ally. Go to Ally.com to learn more. I really picked up a lot that I know that developing artists that do have an affinity for design and fashion can benefit from, from your story. Mm. Budgeting is very essential. Yes. Managing your relationships, keeping your word. Relationship is everything. Everything. Finances, like how to save. Let's talk about that. Mm. So before you knew that you were who you were or before you really understood the outline of your trajectory, because, you know, day to day, we just don't know. We try, right. but we just don't know. Right. What steps do you feel are most missed by rappers that are aspiring today? I read a lot. Like, I dropped out of college and I was listening to Biggie, Ready to Die, thugging it on the train, 40 Ready Below Thames. And I'm like, damn, like, I'm down and out. I'm feeling like how he was feeling in the songs. Yeah. So, like, I just knew that I had to lift myself up I knew that I was special. I had to just make my mom a believer and like everybody else that was around me. My mother is scared because I'm in Harlem. We had gunshots out the window. Shit is crazy. People selling drugs on a stoop. And like, it's just everything is around me for me to slip and fall. Mm -hmm. I'm black already. Right. It's easy. All I got to do is trip and that's it. Right. You know Sometimes what I'm saying? all you got to do is breathe. It's, it's yeah. Hard. Oh, that's a fact. So yeah. um, she was... Just being a mom, a worried mom, but at the end of the day, I knew who I was and what I had to bring to the world. So I tried school about twice. I went to school for marketing management because I was thinking like, you know, if I'm going to own my own business, I want to know how to market it. Right. Da, da, da. So boom, 
The math was killing me. The remedial and all of that. I had a three-hour math class. I it was where we're twins because Clark Atlanta killed me. It was rocking me. Math. I was like, why do I need to know? I'm like, why? Like this? you mixing the letters with the numbers and all that. I'm that's not where, doing that's none where they of that. lost me. Yeah, I just need to count the money. That's it. Exactly. So boom. Oh. Dropped out of college. That was like the worst thing I could do because both of my parents graduated college. Right. And I know they were not seeing it for you. After Masters that. and bachelor's degrees yeah. and all of that. I'm like, yo, damn. Like, But I'm like, that ain't me. That's not for me. It doesn't work like that for me. Like, I have a very nuanced way. I tried doing it my mom way and my stepdad way. Now it's time to try to do it like my dad way. Mm-hmm. My dad was an entrepreneur who, he came from down south and he came and discovered himself to be this artist, graphic designer, and started off by painting T-shirts for drug dealers like Nicky Bonds and all of these people. Right. And then, like, started doing graphic arts and silkscreen for, like, the industry people. Like, so uh, he made his way as an artist. Dapper Dan was his mentor. That's why our uh, relationship is so good. But, um, yeah, he got a store called Ferg Apparel and then... Got other establishments, Haggies, which was a restaurant and a laundromat and so on and so forth. Had a very successful uh, run and business. So I was like, if he did it, I could do it because whatever he's made of, I'm made of. So I come from him. DNA. Yeah, exactly. So I just, uh, I started linking with people that was more like-minded like me. Okay. Subconsciously, like, and then I met so which is like my big brother and like I I could never uh I like I, I don't know how to thank him for the amount of knowledge he gave me as a young kid just trying to do something. He let me into his establishment. He had a store called Denim Library mm-hmm. where it was in Harlem and it was the first store and black owner young with like Robin jeans, antique denim, oh. true religion, oh, paper denim cloth, EVs. Oh yeah, he had all of it. Yeah, What's the monkey jeans? Uh, red monkey. Yeah, red monkeys in a what? glass case. So I'm like, yo, like, and he getting the accounts with them. This is when Atrium and Soho, they only had like the accounts for that. This is when, like, back when Khalees, when Pharrell was wow. like discovered Khalees working in the Atrium, like That's in Soho, long ago. And this is Harlem, but so right. him to have all of those accounts with those companies was huge. Right. So like. When I found him, I was like, oh, shit, he the dude. Like, and I never seen nobody do it on an upscale level. Like, to me, this is Virgil before Virgil. Like, I'm looking at him like, he Virgil. Like, yo, you that man. There, okay. You so. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, so boom. Uh, I'm like, yo, how do you do it? Like, I need a job. I just jumped out. I just uh, dropped out of school. And um, he's like, yo, you just got to fly. Just go. Just do it. What you mean? Just hustle. That's right. Just do it. And I'm like, I did not understand that concept. Like, what do you mean? Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to tell my moms? Yeah. Like, I got to wake up to her every day looking at my face like this. Like, right. Disapproved. Exactly. Something about that look. This is, so shaky. what he did do for me was he gave me like an under the table kind of like situation where I could I get paid to work in the store. But I also could print my own T-shirts because I had a silkscreen machine left back from my dad after That's my father passed deal. away. He he left these machines, like silkscreen machines. So he allowed me to bring the silkscreen machines into his basement. He had an embroidery machine. So we had like a little factory going on. Yeah. I'll print the the store bags for free. Like he didn't like I didn't have to pay rent to keep my machines in the store. I just printed the, the t-shirts and the 
the bags and we had a thing going. But I learned so much from him. I learned about the secret, like the book. I learned about rich dad, poor dad. I learned about like, um, you know, the 48 laws of power, all the art of war, all of this stuff that I was just reading and filling my mind with just all of these things that equipped me with the uh, the awareness, the self-awareness and just how to move and maneuver through like life. And um, I, I thank so for that. Shout out to you. And um, yeah, I just I, I just keep doing the same thing on a climb. Right. No, that's a big gem to fill your mind with what you need to navigate the world, no matter what you're doing, rather than getting caught up in what's actually happening. Right. I think that a lot of, you know, our Gen Z favorites, they come up and yeah. they just get a little lost. Yeah. And we're lucky if we see them again after yeah. they catch that hit. And yeah. pre preparation, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Learn that at Clark Atlanta. And as long as your body... Can you repeat that? Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Fire. And I learned that at Clark Atlanta University, applied that at my beloved HBCU of Clark Atlanta University. Shout out to you. And that really, really separated me from a lot of people around me because working in entertainment, it's turn up all the time and you get lost in the sauce. Yeah. And then you get, get lost, lost in, in a game. party. Yeah, you do. And this is a game at the end it, of the day. It's a game. Like don't game. don't lose focus on what the this is a game. And whoever plays it the best, they they reign supreme. And you gotta have it up here or you're never gonna win. Oh yeah. How you gonna and, win when you ain't right within? Yeah. How well, you gonna win when you Ms. ain't Martin right within? Hill. Okay. Yeah, supreme confidence. That's my Yeah. That's what I think um peace is. I agree. Like once you gain supreme confidence, you walk with your head up. Like, huh, you won with yourself. You're unshakable. You're unshakable. But, like, it'll be certain things that's going to try to pass through you. There's a lot of wars going on. Right. And you just got to stay locked in and move forward. and Keep it light and easy. Yeah. Be around good energy. Be around people that's going to fill your cup and you're going to be good. Oh, for sure. And another thing I'll add for all of our younger listeners and viewers don't get too caught up in the internet. Everything that people present is not the perfect package. It's not what you need to see. And it's just, you got to separate how you allow yourself to consume things. Yeah. Like you said, everything is a game. You have to look at it as entertainment. Yeah. You don't look at it and take it as something that's so real that you allow it to make you second guess or question where you are in life. Yeah. I always, um, like I said, I went through that. Yeah. That phase, like around 30, it hit me. Kind of yeah, and about. but but then it made me real. Thank God I went through that because then right. it made me realize that people are only posting highlights in their life. Exactly. I mean, we edit our stuff. We like, oh, we don't like that. We're gonna make We're this gonna black edit and this. white. Are we okay. gonna do this? We gonna do that? <laughs> oh, I don't like the way that 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 glare is on my face. Like I'm gonna do this. Yeah. But like, that's all of what we see at the end of all. We don't see like the blood, sweat, and the tears. They're not gonna show you that. So it's like. At the end of the day, you just worry about yourself and worry about how you moving forward because your journey is different from that person's journey. What I did a lot of was um, I take breaks from uh, Instagram. Right. And I dig back into books. Yeah, I was just talking, that. I was talking to my uncle about this. I said, kids, this generation has so much um, emotion and they letting it out all over the internet and it's going crazy and it's oozing out in different ways because... It's certain parts of their brain they're not using. Yeah. And then it's like, it's it's imbalanced. So you have Google, right? Right. We going on Google. 
And we have, we can search anything. We don't got to look in books no more. So it's not that part of our brain. We're not strengthening that part of our brain. We have um, all of the things that just pop up for us as a service. Now you can go get plastic surgery. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong with plastic surgery. Don't get me wrong. We need to do what makes us feel right to do. But it's a part of the, if you get plastic surgery, doesn't mean you don't have to work out no more. Exactly. You still have to work out because it's the mental element that when you let off them endorphins, it makes you happy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you can have like the nice, the nice, all of that, but still be depressed because you suppressing your vibe. And you got to let that out. You are very enlightened. I will say, if no one has told you this, you are so enlightened. Well, I drink green juice. <laughs> you do? <laughs> <Fuck>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shameless plug. Yeah. No, we're almost there. We got good, like two more topics. Two good more segues. topics and then we're going to get to the green juice. Okay. Thank you. Like your approval means a lot to me. Thank you very nah, much. I like, I like this type of stuff because when I look at interviews, I'm not looking at you could record this. Catch me wiping my head and all. <laughs> Little beats. Yeah. Come on. They need to know I'm a human being. Come on. Keep that in there. But when you drink, um, I said drink. I'm going back to green juice. <laughs> we gonna go back. No, I was saying. I was saying like. I was saying like when you uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, conversations like this. That's real what one. Yeah. Well, conversations like this. It's just um, when I when I was coming up and I watched people interviews, I don't want to just hear about the song and like the the um the Maybachs you driving it. I want to hear about what got you there. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all of those nuances of a person that um makes their brand who they are and like what gives them the heart of a lion and that fight and that bite. So it's like. I could give you all of the accolades. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm Easy. double platinum hit. I just did this and I did that. 5,000, 5 platinum, 500 so billion. So, da, da, da. Worldwide. But what does that mean for a kid that's like nowhere near that and trying to get to that? Like you started from somewhere. So where did you start from? We not hollow people. Everybody has a story. The richest person child has a story. You know what I'm saying? That's oh, why yeah. so many of them fall because they got to find themselves. Right. Like, you know. They got if, big shoes to fill. And yeah. there's a lot of unspoken pressure that comes with that. Yeah, it's unspoken pressure because you're trying to follow behind your father, your mom, and they like giants. Yeah. But like, it's okay to be yourself and move that way. You don't have to follow in what they're doing or be in a shadow because everybody want to ask you about your parent or whatever the case may be. Go do what you want to do. Exactly. But that's what makes this a select conversation. That's why we're here. We're not here to talk about the accolades. We want to know why you built it, how you built it, and when you bumped your head, how you pivoted. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And bumping my head is the best thing I could do. And I've learned to do that prior actually. I learned to embrace, well, my cousin introduced me to Buddhism. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, I didn't and, expect you to say that. Yeah, and Buddhism, people get it twisted. It's not like a religious belief or anything like it's that. It's practice from it's what I understand. It's a practice. Yeah. That's exactly, they call it the practice. Mm-hmm. And um, they they the, the symbol of Buddhism is the lotus flower. Right. Lotus flower is born, The beautiful one of the beautifulest flowers is born on a bed of a swamp. You know what I'm saying? The dirtiest water. So what that symbolizes is adversity. 
And like they always talk about like, you know, the 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 more you embrace the adversity, it's like, you know, you go you you get you could kind of eat that. You turn it to like the big Mario brother, like ah you level up. Exactly. You got you the level flashing up. Star. Exactly. Like God is putting his weight on you, just he testing you to see if you can hold it. You know what I'm saying? Like you go to the gym and like Cliff, my trainer, hit me like, yo, yo, uh, yo, do these forties. Well, so boom, I do forties, hold for uh 15 seconds. I hold it. I can do that. That's light. But it, I'm still, it's rocking the bicep. For sure. Then he's going to throw the 50 on me. And I'm like, yo, come on, I can't do this. And he said, you can do it. He said, put it in your mind. You can't do because you can't. I know you can do it. And now I do it. And now my mind know I can handle that much pre- more pressure. Yes. So it's about pushing forward and failing forward. Right. And like, I would have failed, but at least I know I could do 10, 15. 50s, you know what I'm saying? Indeed. Like, my art teacher in elementary school, I take bits and pieces of people from every stage of my life. Mm. She would always say, it's not a mistake. You didn't mess up. It's a happy accident. Now turn it into something. Mm. And that's what I that's what I hear from that. Pharrell told me, there's no losses. There are only lessons. There's no such thing as a loss. That's a big one, too. Yeah. That's a big one, too. And what I've taught myself and just thinking is that um, there's a mountain, right? Some people skyrocket to the mountain, right? And then after you skyrocket to the mountain, you go all the way to the top. But on a mountain, you might see like somebody, like if you're walking up the mountain, you might see somebody that like they they share cropping, they making like growing plants and all yeah. of that. You might find, create a business with them. Mm-hmm. You see somebody fixing, a, oh, you fix cars? I need you to build me a car so I can yeah. drive up this mountain a little bit. You might have a little dusty little thing you're driving up the mountain with. Then you, you might run across that. Oh, that's a Ferrari. Boom. You know, boom. You figure that out. Got the Ferrari. Now you're driving up the mountain with style. Yeah. But that person that went all the way up to the mountain in a rocket ship, had it, had it, he didn't go through no adversity to get there. None. So he doesn't even know how to handle that pressure when he gets there. That's why you got to be present to get the present. Exactly. And losses happen at any and every stage. And if you don't know how to handle yourself or if you don't have the tact to be able to go back to the old you for a second, yeah. get it out the mud and build it back up from there, yeah. then what? I you could go broke today nothing. and get it back tomorrow. I swear to God I can. Sell a belt? Go, or what would you do? Like, if, if, my, if that my, happened. What I used to think about that all the time. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, if I went broke, I used to think about this when I was broke. But like when I was, but when I was getting money and I had like when I thought it was money, like four little four thousand dollars or something, I was like, yeah, if I was to lose all my money right now, I was like, I know how to get it back right now. I'm like easily like what I'm gonna do. Like I, I would read. Um, I think I read. Uh, it was uh, it was one of Robert Greene books where he said this person was painting these rocks and solar rocks, like it was painted rocks, right, for a dollar, and you got rocks is free. Right. Paint is cheap. You paint the rocks. You can sell a rock. You can sell like a nice rock for like three dollars. Somebody mm-hmm. will buy it. Put nice little quotes on it. You sell that for three dollars. Imagine you sell each rock for a dollar. A million rocks for a dollar. That's a million dollars. Exactly. Sell a million pins for a dollar. That's a million dollars. That's that easy to make a million dollars. You got to put the pedal to the metal. People get caught up in the dynamics of what you're doing to get the money, and they right. miss that lesson. Exactly. So, yeah, that's true. So back to Pharrell. Let's talk about green juice. Yep. Before we get all the way into the meat and potatoes of that. Wait, are you vegan right now? Let me know. No, 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 no. I went, I went, I went <laughs> vegan for three months. I went vegan for three months on tour and it was the most horrible thing I did. I've heard you speak I, on that. Like, will you just never go vegan again? Or 
what mind frame do you need to be in to say, okay, this is a vegan season for me? Like what? I would, but this is when I turned 30, right? Okay. And I was going super hard to reach this like unrealistic goal of myself. Okay. You live and, and you learn yeah, once again. Yeah. You do these extreme things sometimes. It was okay. realistic, but it was like the way I was climbing was unrealistic. It was like right. unhealthy. Okay. So I was like, um, I was just going hard. I'm like, yo, I got the biggest song out, Plain Jane. This journey's going crazy right now. I'm doing 150 people meet and greet after every show. My tour is like two and a half months. Yeah. And like, I have a, I have a skeleton um, crew. Yeah. I don't have no assistant. Mm -hmm. I got all new people around me. Um, that sounds exhausting, by the way. Yeah. Mentally, physically, spiritually. I had to... Uh, Life. pay like a million dollars and like a set that like designed that had these robot arms and shit i'm doing two outfit changes a night and then i was just mentally and physically drained because yeah. i wasn't doing it right i wasn't eating the right way like giving myself the proper nutrients right like i was like eating greens and stuff like that and stuff but i wasn't really eating as much as i supposed to because we think like oh we go vegan we can eat just as much as like, when we eat steak <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, like, cause when I when I when I eat meat, you probably eat two days. I mean, two times a day, and you straight. Yeah. But like when you go vegan, you gotta have your snacks. You gotta you do, do it five times. Like you gotta be on top of it. Your your um your protein shakes, your whatever, right? Your supplements, your vitamins, all of that shit. And I was not doing none of that, and I just broke down physically and mentally. Mm. Yeah, I had to come off tour and all of that. Like, wow. Just to really like, I didn't. Cause I was on tour literally for ten years in my life without a break, right? And that and break, then you like, disrupted it. To what say happened? Your so with what, veganism. What happened is your your uh, manager and everybody's gonna tell you, yo, just one more tour. You're gonna make a million dollars on this tour, and you got to know how to turn it down because you need it for your mental and your physical. Working with Pharrell, dream come true. Oh man, like um. Just Pharrell and Chad Hugo, like mm. the Neptunes period is, yeah. they changed my life. I mean, they let it, they let me know that, you know, what I was doing wasn't weird. And not that I care that it was weird or anything. But the validation. That's just who I, the validation. That's, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Like I'm seeing like a black and an Asian dude hanging out together. They dress like they shop in the village and they ride in BMX bikes. Yeah. That's exactly what I was doing, except I was shopping in Harlem. Like, and I was dressing like a Dominican drug dealer. Like <laughs> diesel jeans and, like, shit like that. What? But the Dominican drug dealers was dressing like the village kids. Okay. You know, but they was just wearing more element and vans and all of that. So, um, yeah, when I listened to the music, it was a soundtrack to my life. And um, it just it just made me go more into that, that direction. Like, I was in the lane already, but it, it, like, just solidified the lane of who I was and who I am. Right. So for me to like actually get in with P, it was like, it was amazing, man. It was because the first time me and P got in together, he was going through like a whole like lawsuit thing, um, which just had him like all like underwhelmed about everything. And like, I'm sure he called me to work. So it's like when I got there, it was like we got some stuff done, but it wasn't really. It wasn't really like hitting the way we wanted it to because right. the energy wasn't up to par. But right. like then he called me back. Okay, good. He called me back and it was around my birthday time. So I woke up. Happy to birthday. This, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I woke up to this call and he like, yo, bro, I'm ready. 
He said, when can you come to LA? I love that. That's exactly what he said. When can you come to LA? So I was like, man, I come this weekend. So I came to, you know, LA on the weekend. We did a few songs and Green Juice was like one of them ones that just stuck. The reason why we called it Green Juice is because I had the Green Juice in the booth. I was going to ask you if yeah. it had a health entendre to it. But really like Green Juice and like Juice Bar culture is a Harlem thing. Like, I don't know if it's like that in Brooklyn or Queens or anywhere else yeah, in the world. I know nothing of New York, so feel free. Oh, yeah, we got to take a walk through Harlem. I got to show you, like, what I we do it. in Harlem, we go to the juice bars. You know, you'll see Dave V. So you'll see, like, uh, Nigel Sylvester, my boy that ride bikes. He'll be, like, in front of the juice bar taking goo gong shots. Shout out to Styles P, Juices for Life. And we'll, like, people will be hanging out. Like, that's a bridge where, like, the younger guys like myself and the OGs could connect. Because it's a disconnect that's happening. Right. But with them juice bars, like everybody connecting on like knowledge, health, it's a hub. That's exactly what it is, a hub. And that's what Green Juice is. So when he's like, yo, call it Green Juice, I'm like, damn, that's kind of weird for a rap song. And I'm like, you know what? That's a nuance. That's who I am. That's yeah. juice bar culture. No, that's really cool. And the video, now that you're telling me that, it makes sense. Because, like, with the guy in the big jeans, like, running down the street. Yeah. And now I'm getting it now. Right, So I'm exactly. glad you connected that for yep. me. Yep. And then I did, like, sense. a... I did a Juice Bar um, activation with Rolling Loud with um, right. Juices for Life, Styles P. We did it in the Bronx. Mad kids was outside, swarmed the store. They came and brought some merch. We had made some specific, like, cool merch for the spot. And it was a, a beautiful thing. They was buying smoothies and green juices. And it was lit. No, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. So we're going to pivot. <laughs> Saving money. How hard was it for you throughout your entire career? Oh, man, that's a... Or how easy? For me to save money? Um, I've gotten better with it, I think. You got to ask my mom that because my mother is like... She knows. She helps me with a lot of that stuff. She's like... But what I had to like really explain to my mom is like... My mother is not, like, a fashionista or none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. She dresses nice. A lot of seamstresses aren't, though, because my mom is, too. No, my mother's not a seamstress. She, oh, she just can't sew? No, she's not into sewing. Oh, that's sewing. my grandma. Sorry. That's my grandmother. My yeah, yeah. Grandma, yeah. Yeah, my mom, she she worked uh, worked in the hospital field for a lot of years. And, Got it. Um, yeah, she's just, like, you know, very conservative. Da -da -da -da. Mm -hmm. um, me, I'm radical. Like, I'm, like, the most... I'm going to do the craziest shit in my You're going to disrupt. I'm the black sheep. Yeah. So, okay. like, you know, I had to explain to her, like, once I start making more money and elevating, it's like, I'm like, it's certain things that I wasn't able to do back then that I could do now. Like, right. So the money, like, when you see these numbers, like, when I'm going to spend, you know, $5,000 on a jacket, you know what I'm saying, at Prada or something like that, that's kind of normal. I'm like, my rappers be going crazy like i don't really be going that crazy My case, modest and yeah. Proud of mom. yeah like she she yeah she's very modest but i'm like i'm like ma i could live a little bit i'm not going too crazy i don't got like five cars and all of that i didn't even buy a car yet i just got you my license that's not weird for new yorkers though yeah whereas with me i got my learners when i was 15 but new yorkers y'all start driving at like 37 and stuff so yeah. i don't know about y'all like i wear the like i like i got like five of these hoodies and i'll wear this hoodie and like swag it out that's how i think you get the fit off like you got to keep letting people see it it's like a it's like running a campaign like exactly. yeah look at this shit like i can't wear it once you got to see this shit five times yeah no close to week. politics for sure yeah exactly so yeah. um i'm and i make a lot of stuff so 
I'm very easy with, with my spending. And I've learned that if you make a partnership with those you really fuck with, like a Tiffany's okay, or like a Bape or like a Hennessy or, or a like line, a Redline or, 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 oh yeah, or a Redline, then you can get things for free. And then when you pop and they send you Yeezys for free and they send you this for free and they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So y'all got to get popping. Get popping <laughs> and get free stuff. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So for the rapper that is looking to turn their influence into partnerships or money or just transferring what clout they're getting on the internet to something that can give them more longevity in the game and more long-lasting brand partnerships, what would you what would you say to them? How would you map out a career that's starting from the internet? Because, you know, we 30, so it's different for us. Like we have MySpace, we have Black Planet, we had other avenues, but you really had to be hot and known in the community. You yeah. had to be a champion in your backyard before you got booked in a different city. But now you can be hot on the internet and then from there go global. So to the new style of, you know, bubbling rappers and artistes out yeah. there, how would you navigate or if you were to say, okay, do this, 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 and then this, how would you kind of ideate on how they can gain success? Well, it's it's funny you ask that because I have a, a record label I'm starting. All right now, get signed. Yeah. And it's called Sewer Sounds. Sewer it's called, Sounds. It's called Sewer Sounds. And um, like I see like, the fire burned different in each artist. For sure. And everybody has their own thing and everything that they need to work on. Like, I noticed that, like, my tenacity and my fire burns, like, super bright. Like, some people may call me the one. Like, oh, he's the one. Like, and it's true. Like, really? when they call you the one, you're the one. And certain people, you have a gift that certain people can either tap into or they just can't at all. So I can't expect you to do what I do, but I just try to push them to their best ability. Um, so I just meet people where they're at. That's what I would tell, like, you know, the kids, do your best you can do. And, um, like, if if you have Instagram and all of that stuff and, like, you have some type of form of network, network with people. Like, don't come to me and expect me to do everything. Like, network with the, the uh, ask questions until you get an answer. That's smart. So my whole thing is, like, all right, I'm with Rock Nation. In my mind, Jay-Z, all of the numbers in his phone book, Jay Brown, all of the numbers in his phone book, Real plugs and Desiree, all of the numbers Heavy. in her phone book, Meek Mill, all of the numbers in his phone book, and partnerships, and da 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 So this is how my brain compute. Like, I'm like, oh, shit, I got all of this stuff to work with because... I can utilize, like, it's not like I'm not bringing nothing to the table. Of course. I'm bringing a very grand idea. And if you say no, it's a million, gazillion people that could help me over here. Indeed. Yeah. Like, I sent Jay-Z an idea yesterday. Like, yo, check this out. It's like a, a trailer of something that, like, I'm putting together. Okay. Like, so, it's and also not being afraid to share your ideas. And knowing that just because, like, people may be, like, got more money than you or, like, on another whatever, whatever. They can't do you like you. Exactly. But also, you you get to a point where it's like, everybody needs everybody. Like, That's I could be true. detached because I'm living in the suburbs and a 
house and da 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 But that's why I got a little brother and a little cousin that's still running the streets and all of that and, you know, getting into stuff so they could come back with the stories and I could be like, oh, oh word, that's what's happening, da 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 And then I'm getting inspired and I'll pull up for a hot second and then see what's going on for myself and da 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 Boom. Goes into the music. And that's how I navigate. So we all use each other, the highs and the lows. Like everybody is, you know, the rich need the poor, the poor need the rich. Right. Literally. That's true. You done drop so much knowledge. So, like so much. Like I just feel it coming out of you. Like it's yeah. just sweating out of you. Yeah, I just dropped a lot of... And did, and did. And this has been a select conversation by United Masters, hosted by Rachie Jackson. Thanks, Ally. 